No matter what the situation, no matter what the mistake, no matter what the failing, no matter your brokenness, he's there. He promises to be there. He promises to be faithful, to pick up all the pieces, to collect your tears in a bottle and wash you with them and bring restoration into your life. So hold on, my friend. Hope is just a prayer away. So never give up. Never give in. Dare to believe. One more time. Because he's faithful. Hang in there, my friend. Your blessings just ahead. You might not see it. You might not feel it, but all you got to do is know that if God is in front of you, the blessing is right there. So reach out. Reach out to Him. Because in Him, everything you're looking for is right in the center of His heart. And all you got to do is run into the center of it and let Him surround you with His goodness. In his grace, and his mercy, he just keeps pouring it out fresh every day, waiting for you to receive it. So walk with open hands. Be willing to receive. No, you don't deserve it. None of us do. But that's why Jesus came. To bridge the gap between you and God and give you everything you don't deserve. His love, his mercy, his grace. His goodness, His blessings, all of your dreams come true. It's not about you. It's about what He wants to do in you to glorify Himself. Yeah, He wants to show off. He wants to use you and to show out, to show the world who He is in your life. So, have faith. Open your hands. Open your heart. Be open. Believe. Know that His love overcomes everything in your life. So stand fast and trust Him. Trust Him to bring you through whatever it is that you're struggling with right now. Because He's faithful, my friend. I know. I'm a living witness. You can be too. Hi, I'm Michelle McKinney-Hammond and welcome to Life Talk. We've been talking about how to build a life that works. Life is kind of like the home that you live in. And we've talked about the foundations that it takes to make that house sturdy. And now we've been discussing pillars. We've talked about faith. We've talked about health. And we've talked about your profession. But now let's talk about everybody's favorite topic finances. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to building and sustaining the life you want, money is one of the most powerful parts of the equation. When writing his ecclesiastical dissertation, King Solomon said that money is a shelter. On another occasion, he commented wryly that money is the answer for everything. Of course, we know that's not true. Just take a look at all the problems money can cause and the lives it has ruined. You've seen them on television, the wealthy people who are still miserable 
because their money only bought them more problems or they became obsessed with obtaining more. The master's blueprint speaks about that. Whoever loves money never has enough. And whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. So how do we find the balance so that we have money, but money doesn't have us? How do we keep money from putting our lives in precarious positions? How do we make it work for us in life instead of against us? How do we get and keep the right perspective so that our finances become a pillar in our lives, something that stabilizes us and frees us to be the blessing that we should be to others? Well, here are a few steps to making money a tool rather than a taskmaster. First of all, know that it's not your money. Everything, including your money, belongs to God. He's just nice enough to let us use some of it. Favor and promotion come from Him, so does the power to get wealth. As a matter of fact, we should be aware that when God gives anyone wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift from God. Now, many overlook the far more desirable gift of wealth and get caught up in the race to attain riches, thinking cash will solve all their problems. Riches are one thing, the actual dollars, but being able to enjoy riches in your right mind with your health intact, surrounded by love and flourishing relationships, thriving in your purpose, and living at peace with your God, and above all things, being so free from what you possess that if you lost it all tomorrow, nothing would change at the center of your core. Mm, now that is wealth. Knowing that there's something more important than temporal acquisitions, and living with the mindset that the eternal holds far greater joy and fulfillment keeps you from the bondage in which greed can entrap you. For the love of money, the O.J. is saying, people would do just about anything in order to gain that mean green. The basic guideline is to keep yourself free from the love of money and be content with what you have. To have it, but not love it. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Even in ministry, people often sacrifice their integrity when they build ministries far beyond their capacity to sustain them. The Apostle Paul wrote, People who um, want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. The monster named More grows larger, its appetite consuming everything in sight. This is when the trouble begins and God's reputation gets smeared. Men and women act from fear to maintain what they created. Remember that not every good thing or every good idea is a God idea. With the vision he gives, he also gives provision to finish the work he has asked you to begin. Now, one of the top reasons for crime as well as marital failure has to do with finances, either the lack of or too much of them. On the one hand, the lack of money can wear on partners who find themselves struggling with debt. Whether the debt rose out of what the couple viewed as necessity or simply from trying to keep up with the Joneses, it can really stymie a life or a love life. On the other hand, Having too much causes many to avoid the rigors and exercises of life that create sound character. For example, perhaps the marriages in Hollywood and elsewhere don't last because both parties can afford to leave. Back when only one member of the union was working, 
a spouse thought long and hard before bailing out because there were great financial ramifications. Today, the attitude is, I don't need you and I can afford to leave. This is the age of no-fault divorce, a truly ironic statement. (laughs) You know, you can be monetarily wealthy, yet spiritually and emotionally bankrupt. So know what God wants. I've mentioned that the master architect, who is God, wants you to prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Financial wealth must be balanced with spiritual prosperity in order for life to work as it should. You can be monetarily wealthy, yet spiritually and emotionally bankrupt. Prosperity comes in many forms and manifests itself in every other pillar in the frame of your life. Only you can be honest about the richness of your intimate relationships. Only you know if your spiritual journey and relationship with God are growing and life-giving, whether you abound physically with good health, whether you're fruitful and productive in your work, whether you handle your money in such a way that it's growing for you and freeing you to be generous with God and others in need. Wealth, my friend, begins within. It begins in your being at peace with yourself and God and having all of your relationships reconciled and having your health and your strength. No amount of money can buy you these things. On the other hand, you need to know how to use the riches or cash that God allows you to enjoy. It's amazing that everyone in the world needs and uses money, but few have a healthy respect for it or know how to use it properly. Many books can guide you in how to build and manage your finances, so I'll give you just the basics from the blueprint. Then you can pick and choose wisely from the instructions the plethora of financial advisors will give you. The secret of the tithe. Let's talk about that. The secret to having all your needs met, the operative word being needs, is very simple. It is the secret of the tithe. We are to give our first fruits or the first tenth of our increase of earnings back to the one who originates and graciously provides. That would be God. Talk about an insurance plan. This is one of the guarantees straight out of the blueprint. He promises that when we bring the tithe into the storehouse, that he'll keep the devourer from devouring our crops. Now, broken down into everyday language, This passage in Malachi talks about taking care of the things that God is concerned about, having a storehouse, a church, or place available to those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, where people can go for sustenance. Such people can find help whenever they need it because those who have brought their tithes and offerings facilitate feeding the broken, needy, and hungry. At least that's how it should be. Now, if you do this, God will guard your money for you. That's his promise. What you don't receive in the form of money, you will receive in the form of provision. Don't get confused on this. Sometimes we think God should do things one way and he another. So he might not give you the money to buy something that you want, but he might just touch someone to buy it for you. The bottom line is that God will provide for you in very creative ways. Just don't get confused about the true source. The moment you think you are creating and increasing wealth, you are in trouble. You are heading toward an enlightening moment. One king who got a big head lost his compassion for the poor and thought he had accomplished everything by his own strength and genius. He found himself humbled and eating grass. When God said in Malachi, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, he meant you won't be wiped out again and again by unexpected emergencies. Those are the kinds of pests I'm talking about. 
the robbers that keep you perpetually in financial recovery mode. The master architect has designed your financial pillar to be strengthened every time you choose to give, understanding that it is more blessed to give than to receive. When you value spiritual things first, heeding what God says about widows, orphans, the disenfranchised, and those who take care of the house of God, He will return the favor by supplying all of your needs out of His own personal storehouse of riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If we can just fulfill our internal need or hunger, we won't have so many external needs or hungers. God encourages us to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, satisfying our internal and spiritual need for right standing with the master architect of our lives, and He will supply all of the external or material things we need. He can trust us with all of the add-ons after we have dealt with our spiritual need. We will own our possessions, but our possessions will not own us. We'll see the value and beauty of giving it all away for a cause greater than ourselves. The saying goes, the rich get richer while the poor get poorer. Perhaps this is true because the rich give away a lot of their money. It doesn't matter what the motivation is. The more you give, the more you get. It is the law of the universe, whether you choose to embrace God or not. It is on this premise alone that your financial pillar will be immovable and unaffected by any external elements. The stock market, the price of real estate, even unemployment and recession, the law of reaping and sowing will continue to make life work for you. Let me leave you with this construction tip. Finances like life don't really get good until you're able to give them away. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'd love to address whatever is on your mind on a broadcast. So why not email me at lifetalkmmh at gmail.com. Oh, and make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel at Michelle McKinney Hammond. Like my fan page on Facebook at Michelle McKinney Hammond. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at McKinney Hammond for even more inspiration. For your goodness and your grace and the wonders of your